Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 82 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Tech Site Builder. Tech Site Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean, professional, and effective website up and running for your IT business. Save time and frustration with Tech Site Builder. It's also brought to you by Tech Blog Builder. Tech Blog Builder is the blog writing service for IT businesses. We craft content that converts website visitors into customers with 100% unique, SEO-ready, professionally written blog posts delivered on a consistent schedule. Now we have new services that will also post to social media and create engaging videos for your posts and your business. All that you can find at techblogbuilder.com. All right, guys, today on the show, we have Joe Apfelbaum, the CEO of Ajax Union, who's going to drop some knowledge bombs about LinkedIn growth hacking. Specifically, we'll dig into specific strategies around building a LinkedIn presence that will attract your ideal client. How often should you post and what should you be posting in order to maximize the chances of using LinkedIn to meet your 2019 marketing goals? We'll cover all of that and more. Plus, Paco catches up on his week, catches us up on his week, and we talk about what we're going to be up to over the holidays. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page, click on the following tab, and select See First so that the live stream will jump to the top of your feet. All right, guys. Well, happy holidays. Uh, this is tis the season, as they say, to, uh, you know, hopefully take some time off and uh, spend some time with your family. But um, we're keeping this podcast going. We're going to have an episode today. We're going to have one next week, uh, you know, because we like doing this and it's fun. So uh, definitely, you know, as you're traveling to see family or, you know, taking some time off, load us up in your favorite podcatcher and catch up on the episodes. Um, and, uh, definitely, you know, get some marketing inspiration, uh, going for the new year. Um, just to catch you up on what's been going on, uh, for me, uh, last week, we actually didn't have a live show. We didn't have a recorded show at all. We actually, for the first time, I think in a long time, didn't, uh, release an episode last week. Um, and that's because we had some technical difficulties. My internet actually went out in the house. Um, and uh, I have Verizon Fios. And it was, it, it was, they couldn't figure out what the issue was for a while. And I kept going back and forth with, um, the, uh, the, you know, the support reps, you know, they giving me the usual spiel about resetting, you know, the modem and resetting the computer and doing all that stuff. And I told them I already did it and they just had to go through their script. And so then, um, we, we, uh, narrowed it down to the box that's right outside my house I had to reset that. I reset that. Uh, it got the connection going again, but only for about five minutes and then it dropped out again. Um, so uh, they eventually uh, caved in and had to send out a, a service person, but uh, they weren't able to come until the following day. So um, so basically the entire day of Thursday, I was without internet. So I had to pack up 
my stuff and head over to uh, my nearby neighborhood Panera, which has a great internet connection. So I uh, set up shop over there for the day and uh, and got work done, but I was not able to, the, to do the podcast and it was too short notice to be able to put together like a best of episode and stuff. So we actually had to skip last week's podcast episode. So we're back this week with a live show and a recording. So um, we are back in action. Other than that, um, I've just been kind of catching up with uh, some of the Black Friday orders that came in for Tech Site Builder and Tech Blog Builder. Um, we always get, you know, an onslaught of orders during that Black Friday special. And then, you know, it's just the two of us, Madison and I. So um, after we get all those orders, we have to just slowly process, uh, especially the tech blog builder, um, just kind of one by one process the orders, get them set up, get their blogs written, get get a get a rhythm going once they're on the the platform and, and we've got all the information we need and we're able to get the rhythm going, then it's okay. But it's just kind of that onslaught of a bunch of new customers takes a while to get everything uh, settled out, but we've got all that. Uh, we're getting all that wrapped up now. And um, I think next week is going to be a nice kind of quiet week where I can do some planning for next year, um, wrap up some, you know, projects that I've like personal projects that I've been uh, putting off all year, like uh, redesigning my own website <laughs> is, is one of those things that is just, you know, I've been worried about other people's websites. uh haven't had time to focus on my own. So that's something I'm going to be, kicking off next week as well. And, uh, and that's about it. So um, before we get on to the rest of the show, we do have our uh, esteemed co-host Paco LeBron joining us. Uh, and it's been a while, Paco, what have you been up to these last few weeks? Ah, uh, you know, nothing much, just a little of this, a little of that. Um, yeah. It's been a while since I've been on and, you know, kind of like what you talked said about earlier, I assumed December was going to be a slow month for us because that's normally what's been the trend for the last six years. Apparently that is not the case this year. It's been actually the busiest that we've had in quite some time. Um, and it's a good busy, right? So we've uh, onboarded a couple new clients. We are looking at new solutions and features coming out um, in uh, 2019 and just all around planning for just kind of what we're going to do in the immediate quarter and going on to the next uh, quarter two and three, most importantly. Um, the biggest pieces is just, you know, as I mentioned, onboarding new clients. So um, working on new onboarding processes, which are good translating into worksheets in Synchro, which is my uh, PSA slash RMM platform, which are the guys over at Repair Shopper. So working on that and also working on our documentation. So um, we've kind of been back and forth on a documentation platform. Um, we looked at IT Glue, we looked at IT Boost, but ultimately, you know, the same reason why I'm in Synchro is because of everything's all in one shot, so or in one place. So we decided to just start really utilizing their wiki and custom fields and encrypted stuff. So that's what we decided to start kind of putting everything in there. Um, we had to move offices because. Uh, Spaces tends to think that uh, they can just outsell um, offices to the higher bidder and move around their tenants. So that's my little qualm with them that I'm kind of dealing with. So you can see that it's a little bit of a smaller place, but works out just fine. And yeah, just really starting to do the holiday planning. Uh, walked over to our partners. Um, we decided to keep it simple this year. Um, holiday emails to all our residential computer repair clients. 
um, our businesses. We have emailed uh, card or emailed. We mailed holiday cards, and some of our higher end clients, we actually made personal stops to their offices. Um, and I just stopped by with a family tin of Garrett's popcorn, which is a Chicago staple, and just basically let them know that we appreciate them and you know appreciate them partnering with us for their services. So um, we didn't put a lot of thought as we normally don't <laughs> every year. Um, so we kept it simple, last minute stuff. So we decided to knock that all out. And with our downtime, we're updating our website with a lot of the services and tools that we're going to be kind of offering and try and making a self-service um, platform with some of our um, RMM and application software so that we can provide that as a standardized process for our clients when we do an onboarding, start providing links and things like that for them to start going on to our services as a monthly recurring client. Cool. So um, things are moving and shaking, it sounds like, and so are you <laughs> Yep. <laughs> from office to office. Um, so cool. Uh, so do you typically, um, so you said you're, you're mostly planning ahead for quarter two and three. So you kind of are, are looking ahead the next quarter when you're planning stuff out. Yep. So specifically, um, I, so if the trend is going the way that we're looking at it, um, so I've kind of, I think we talked about this before that I put myself or was looking into putting myself on payroll and looking through all that process. So, um, decided to land on uh, QuickBooks payroll. They just actually integrate into, we use QuickBooks online right now. Um, they have a flat rate that basically does all payroll. So you're not paying per um, payroll cycle. And I could do same day payroll if I wanted to through their system with no additional cost. So it worked out. It was a bundled feature. So we're um, starting to do that. So I will officially be paying myself um, as of January Whenever that date is, I put it in there. But basically, January 25th, my business will officially be paying me and they'll be withdrawing all the taxes for me and all that. So I don't have to try and dilly around Worry and figure out that. what to take yeah. out and put in the savings and all that stuff. That's so, good. Um, and it's cool because QuickBooks actually creates a no interest account for you, put it all in there, and then they'll send it out to uh, hmm. the necessary um, you know, federal and state. Uh, that needs to go out from there. So, um, and the reason why I mentioned quarter two and quarter three is quarter two. I'm going to be officially hiring an admin for the pl- for here. So uh, that'll be my first full time employee, and that plan is for uh, between March and April. And then I plan to bring, depending on how everything goes, either a part time tech uh, in June or July or a full time tech in June or July. So um, it just depends on where my two contractors are. Um, whether it's going to be one of them that I bring on full time, or if it's going to be somebody new that I bring on, which will be a fourth tech per se, um, that would be able to assist in some of the things that we need to do. Cool. So it sounds like, uh, you're, you're growing and you're going to be able to share some of your lessons learned as you go through the hiring process and, uh, and that whole thing. Yep. Um, so I will be releasing a Podnets Daily episode. So I decided to go back to the original name of the show yeah. um, instead of Tech Life. So okay. um, there will be more Podnets Daily episodes coming out. And that episode is going to be a more of a detailed um, share all episode that basically constitutes all the uh, low and down uh, pitfalls that happened that year and what I did to kind of get out of those. So it should be an interesting listen to 
those that are trying to figure out, hey, is this for them going from part-time to full-time? This will be a very gritty and bare bone. Hey, this is what happened in the year. And this is what's the outcome. Realistic look. Yep. Yes. So it does have a good uh, happy ending at the end. So we'll we'll get through that on that episode. Well, I mean, you're still here (laughs) and you're still running your business full-time. So that is a happy ending, I, I would call. Yep. Uh, cool. All right. Well, sounds like we got a good year ahead. Um, before we jump into the interview here, I just wanted to uh, remind you guys about the Computer Business Marketing Newsletter. That is your weekly digest of tips and tricks for how to grow your IT business. And uh, you can get the latest podcast episode from there. You can see the latest posts from the Facebook group, the Computer Business Marketing Facebook group. Uh, we also curate some articles from around the internet that we think you guys would like. Uh, and then we end every newsletter with a tip of the week to give you some motivation and, or some different perspectives about how to market your computer business. And you can find all of that. If you just head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com, sign up on the form there and we can get you uh, hooked up with that. And uh, again, just every week, it'll be another uh, dose of marketing goodness into your inbox. Um, Also, we actually have uh, a couple new podcast reviews that I wanted to give a shout out to. So uh, the first one is from Tony Whitney, and he says, uh, Matt and Paco do a great job delivering information that is relevant to computer business owners each week. They find and bring on guests that have incredible knowledge on the topics discussed. And I think this podcast could actually benefit any small business owner out there, not just computer repair businesses. Awesome. Thanks, Tony. I agree. I think uh, we we often do get other business owners popping in and, and checking out the shows uh, because the advice is kind of universal, right? We we happen to be IT business owners that we and that's who our audience is, but uh, our guests are from all over the place, and the the uh, the advice they give is solid advice for for all business owners. Uh, another review we got is from TS three sixty nine, who says just finished listening to episode seventy eight of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Matthew and Paco have some great tips. I really appreciated the tips for making the initial contact smoother using LinkedIn. So we're actually going to be talking more about LinkedIn today, um, which I think is great because I think LinkedIn is kind of the best kept secret in social media uh, or the worst kept secret. I don't know how you want to call it, but it's, <laughs> it's definitely something people should be utilizing more than they are. Um, and uh, and then he finishes it up saying, I appreciate the honesty of the hosts and the guest. Keep up the great work. So uh, some good reviews there. Uh, would love to hear from you guys um, as well. We're still running the promotion. We're going to do it through the end of the year. So if you want to uh, leave a review for us, we will send you a free copy of the ebook, How to Quit Your Job and Start a Computer Business. So if you are just starting your business or if you want a refresher about some of the things that it takes to lay a solid foundation for your business and you want a free copy of that book that is otherwise you need to pay for on Amazon, we will send you a free copy of that ebook, uh, the PDF, if you just go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes uh, and let us know that you left the review by sending us an email to mail at techsitebuilder.com. We will send you a free copy. It's that simple. Uh, all right. So without further ado, let's jump into today's uh, topic, which is all about LinkedIn growth hacking. So we're going to learn about how to grow your business on LinkedIn and some quick wins, uh, how to really, you know, utilize LinkedIn to the full potential and, uh, and, 
you know, not make the mistakes that a lot of folks are making on LinkedIn. And our guest today is Joe Apfelbaum. He is the CEO of Ajax Union, which is a B2B digital marketing agency out of Brooklyn, New York. Joe is a business strategist. He's a marketing expert. He's a certified Google trainer, and he's the author of a new book called High Energy Secrets, which is all about he lo- how he lost 95 pounds and has more energy than ever. So not only is he in the marketing uh, space for uh, digital marketing, but he's also marketing his own book and uh, talking about his own story. And I think that probably plays into a lot of his uh, marketing strategy as far as, you know, being very personable, talking about your story and how that all relates. So let's connect all of that together and, uh, and see how it all works, Joe. Uh, thanks for, for being on here today. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited about sharing some knowledge with the tech world, with the nerds, with the geeks, <laughs> with the people. Proud of it. Yeah. All right. So uh, let, let's start. Uh, let's start out with your story. You know, just briefly let us know where you got started and how you ended up where you are now. So when I was a teenager, I always wanted a computer. I was fascinated by computers, but my parents couldn't afford to buy me a computer. So when I got enough money, I, I was doing some construction. I got enough money to get a computer. My mother kind of chipped in with me, and, and at seventeen, I got a I got a computer. And uh, and I was just fascinated. I just took it all in. Right. I didn't have internet. And I was just kind of like opening it and closing it and connecting the hard drive and disconnecting it and messing around with it and buying books and learning about random access memory and just messing with Windows 95 and then upgrading to Windows 98 and then just like kind of messing around with it. And and over the years, I was just like obsessed with it. And then finally, when the internet was out, I was obsessed with like building websites and HTML and graphic design and that whole thing. So it was always like a mixture between like the tech guy and the creative guy. Right? I was always kind of like building stuff and trying to like have creativity, trying to, trying to make things flow. And so I, I did both, right? So for a long time, I was uh, doing IT. I was fixing people's computer problems. But I was also building websites for people and trying to help them out with their business, kind of like mixture of kind of like the both. Um, and at one point, I was, I, you know, I built my IT business. I had a bunch of freelance people working for me. And the one thing about the IT business that I did not like, that I didn't want to be, I, the reason why I kind of eventually sold my business is because I didn't want to be in emergency mode. And I felt like with IT, before managed services was kind of like all hourly, uh, managed services is kind of like a new thing over the past couple of years. But like, you know, it was all kind of like, oh, when we need you, it's an emergency. You got to drop everything and come middle of the night. And I would, sometimes I would spend days kind of like, you know, doing server migrations and like dealing with a bunch of stuff that I just wasn't interested in doing anymore. And marketing was so much more proactive. And as I became more proactive as a human being, I said, you know what, let me just focus more on marketing. And there's also more potential for me, also reoccurring revenue. It's much easier to get reoccurring revenue with marketing. So for me, that's kind of like the path that I took and I kind of let the IT thing go. But I still always have it in my heart. Um, but for me, I, you know, like at some point, you know, they say if you build it, they will come. And I realized that I built it and they did not come. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not true. If you build it, they will not come. If you market it and you market it hard, maybe they're going to come. Maybe they won't because marketing is about testing. So I had to learn like, you know, reverse engineering Google and learning SEO. And eventually when we got really into B2B, it was more about building relationships because B2B is really P2P or H to H, which is human to human or person to person. And, you know, you know this, no one's going to trust you from like a Google ad to go manage their, their IT systems, right? It's all going to be based right. on relationships. Paco, you can speak to this. Matthew, you can speak to this. 
getting clients in the IT space, the best clients come from your best relationships, come referrals. And, and that's why LinkedIn, I found, is like literally so important. Microsoft paid $26.2 billion for LinkedIn about two years ago, and they actually paid 25% more than what their stock was worth at the time. So their stock dropped down to about $150, and they paid close to $200 for each share just to buy them. And they're like, you know, we're just going to buy this company. And the reason they bought them is because they wanted to transform them from like a recruiting play where it was kind of like a resume and all your personal contacts to more of a content marketing play where people are coming together like a professional, a real professional social network, kind of like Facebook, but where professionals hang out. And believe it or not, there's over 500 million people on LinkedIn now, and 40% of them are logging in every day. Most people don't know this, but there's a lot of attention on LinkedIn, and where attention goes, energy flows, or focus goes, energy flows, and energy equals money. So you want to really be thinking about where people are paying attention, especially people that are high net worth individuals, CEOs, directors of uh, CIOs, like the CTOs, the people that you want to be dealing with, they're paying attention to LinkedIn. Now, check this out. There's only a million posts going up a day on LinkedIn. If you look at statistics, you'll see that although there are 500 million users and 40% of them are, going, are, are logging in every day, only a million posts are going up a day. And they're not coming from you, Matthew, because I checked your posts. You're not posting every single day. I mean, and you know, most people are not posting. 99% of people are not posting every day. And it's just like missed opportunity, especially for UIT guys that are sitting around and building relationships and all your clients come from your referrals. You need to be top of mind. The average CEO has 930 connections on LinkedIn, okay? That means if you have 930 people that know you, like you, and trust you, why the hell are you not in front of them every single day? Now, when I ask CEOs why you're not, why are they not doing this? Or entrepreneurs, or business owners, or IT guys, why are you not updating your LinkedIn? They give me three reasons. Either number one, they don't have time. We're busy. We're busy executing for clients. When do we have time to do this? Or they say, I'm not even sure if I have any value. I don't have anything valuable to post. Like, there's nothing of value to post. Or they say, I just don't even know what to even post. Like, what am I supposed to even do? Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to give people? They already know everything right? And the truth is, you are an expert. You are literally the expert. In your circle, everybody comes to you for IT. So you know stuff, whether it's cybersecurity stuff, or whether it's just general, like, you know, short keyboard shortcuts, or just general, like, you know, what PC versus Mac, or iPhone versus Android, or all the stuff that we take for granted as super technical savvy guys. Most people are technophobes. Most human beings are afraid because they want perfection in their life. And we are, we don't care about perfection so much. We're willing to kind of go with the flow. We like to rap. We're like, yo, 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 my name is Joe, and I'm the B2B2B2B sales pro. I do IT. I do it all. You know what I mean? So we're just, we just, we're just like these quirky, nerdy, geeky people that just kind of like want to connect and have a good time. And many of us are into stand-up comedy or just like funny things and like whatnot. So the reality is if you're taking a look at a lot of people online, they're not updating their LinkedIn. They're not connecting. They're not building relationships. And it has to do with them not having a strategy. And I always say this. I always say the right strategy will save you a decade. And that's kind of like a tweetable. The right strategy will save you a decade. That means right. that you could spend the next 10 years dealing with like your same 15 clients or 40 clients and not getting anywhere. You know that 96% of businesses are doing less than a million dollars in revenue? And when I launched my, my services company, my my IT comp my uh, my marketing company my IT company we were doing uh, you know like 
a hundred thousand a year or whatever. I wasn't really making money off it. I wasn't making any reasonable amount of money off it. But when I launched my marketing company, we grew to be over a million dollars in the first 18 months and then two million and then four million and we grew rapidly. And it was because I had a better plan. I had a better strategy. See, when I was coming to IT, I wasn't marketing myself and I wasn't building relationships and I wasn't putting myself out there. I was more kind of like waiting for the referrals to come. I built it and I was like, well, people will contact me. But the reality is if you're, not, if you're out of mind, if you're out of sight, you're out of mind. And if you're out of people's mind, then, then you're just out of your mind. If you want crazy results, you got to get out of the box. You got to jump out and get in front of people and start adding value. Right. I'm, I'm, wow. Okay. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot to unpack there, but that's, that's, um, that, that's great to uh, kind of approach it from the standpoint of you got to get out there. You, got, you, you can't just rest on your laurels. You know, I can't tell you how many times that I talk to other IT business owners and they say, you know, I, I rely on word of mouth or I rely on, you know, um, people telling their friends to, to, to come to my business so I don't need to market or I don't do advertising or I don't, you know, need to get my name out there because people just come to me naturally. And it, it just makes me cringe because, uh, you know, that, that isn't a, you talk about strategy, that isn't really a strategy, right? That's just hoping that things are going to happen and, and people are going to say something good about you or that you're going to hope. Continue. Matthew, hope is a great thing, by the way. Hope is not a bad thing. Hope is a great thing. It's just not a strategy. It's just not as if you're trying to get lucky, play the freaking lotto, play the lotto. Don't play your IT business, play the lotto. If you're in a real business, you need a real plan. And we came up with the most amazing plan for LinkedIn based on how to build relationships. Okay. So, so let's dig into that because you, you talked at the beginning about, you know, B2B businesses are really, you know, person to person, uh, human to human, and it's all about connecting and making and networking and making relationships and, and traditionally, you know, we we would um, say, okay, great, I got a network. Let me go out to a local meetup, or let me, you know, go to these mixer business mixers and stuff. And sometimes they're good, but a lot of times they're just people trying to pitch business to each other and a bunch of MLM people trying to get you, you know, <laughs> to, onto their thing. Um, and so people get frustrated with that, and they're like, oh, screw it, networking's not for me. And then they just go back to their cave, <laughs> like a lot of us IT businesses do. Um, and, uh, so, you know, we, we know we need to build these, these relationships and build a network and we hear from folks like you that LinkedIn is the place to do it. Um, but, uh, I think we, we do need some kind of strategy or some steps or some really kind of like understanding how to make it work and how, how to, uh, how to take it to the next level and, and how to take it on LinkedIn, um, and, and kind of replicate what we wanted to do in those business mixers, but isn't really working. So on a very high level, there are two words that I want everyone to write down. If you're watching this, I want you to write down these two words. I want you to write down push, and I want you to write down pull. Push and pull. These are two different words that mean different things. But on a very high level, that's like from a marketing perspective, we have to push things out, and then we have to pull things towards us. So push things out means you're calling people, you're emailing people, you're messaging people, you're pushing, you're doing the hard work. And pulling means you're putting out the bait and people are just getting attracted to you, okay? So you're pulling people towards you. So there's pushing and there's pulling. We're going to talk about pulling first and we'll talk about pushing second. So what does it mean to pull people? What does it mean to attract people? What does it mean to, like when you want to attract success, you got to use your thoughts, you got to, we all heard of think and grow rich, or we thought we heard about the secret and the law of attraction, but what does that even mean? 
What that means is that when you're creating a strategy, you want to think about number one is what is your goal? When I ask most small business owners, what is your goal? You know what they say? I say, how big do you want to build your business? They say, why am I going to limit myself? I want to be as big as possible. I said, how much revenue do you want to do? They're like, as much as possible. I want trillions and billions and quadrillions. I don't want to limit it. I don't want to limit my blessings or my success. And I was like, but if you're general, you're going to get general results. Your brain is a machine. It's there to solve a specific problem. And if your problem is not specific, your brain's just going to go in circles and you're going to end up wanting to drug yourself up because you're so frustrated. So instead of going in circles, what I tell you is pick a certain number. So if this year you did $100,000, maybe next year you want to do $200,000 or $500,000 or you want to do $700,000 or a million. How many customers do you want to service? Is it reoccurring revenue? Is it one-time customers? What's your lead-in product? What's your back-end product? How many lead-ins do you need in order to get to your front end to your back end? I want you to really think about your both your outcome goals, which is your revenue goals, and your process goals, which is what are you going to actually be doing? What are your activities? Because if you don't measure stuff, you're not going to improve it. You see, every single morning, I weigh myself. Every morning, I get on the scale. And if I don't get on the scale in the morning, I have no idea how much I weigh. And if I don't have an idea how much I weigh, I can't be accountable. Accountable means you have the ability to account for. And if you are not accountable for your business, your business is going to go into a random place, which means that it might go out of business, it might not go out of business. Most businesses go out of business within three years. And then the rest of them go out of business within five to 10 years. Very few businesses pass the 10-year mark. And less than 4% of businesses are even doing over a million dollars. And the average business does 5% in profit. That means the average person, the 34 million businesses, most of them, 96% of them are doing less than 50K they're taking home. So what the hell are we even doing? So Joe, I got a question for you. Is, so I know you mentioned that you got to be specific, right? Now, are you referring to the audience on hey, I need to make sure I put three posts a week and continue to keep putting three posts a week for the next month? Or are you referring to, okay, I want to put X amount of posts or I want to provide whatever content necessary to bring in um, from what I'm pushing out X amount of customers? Excellent. Excellent question. So what I would tell people is step number one is set a business goal. Because so, so many people are stuck in tactics. So many people are stuck in like, how many posts should I post? Or like, how many likes should I get? They're like, all that stuff is important, but it's only, it's only important if you have a business goal. So the first thing I tell you is, okay, Paco, how many clients do you want in 2019? How many clients are you going to retain? Do you have a 98% retention rate? Good. Most IT guys have a very high retention rate because, you know, once you get a customer, you keep a customer, especially if you're not an idiot. And so that's, that's typically that, right? So how many more customers do you need to get to your goal? So you might say, okay, my average customer is $1,000 a month or $2,000, whatever the number is. And I want to add $250,000 into revenue. That's 10 customers on that. You know, so that's one customer a month or whatever. Okay, so if it's one customer a month, what type of customer is it? And, and where do I, what do I need to do in order for me to attract? How many, how many proposals or how many tech audits? You know, a lot of us do tech audits. How many tech audits do you have to do? Or how many lunch and learns? If you're doing cybersecurity, maybe you're doing lunch and learns. How many lunch and learns are you doing? So those are more your, and in order for you to get X amount of proposals or X amount of tech audits or X amount of lunch and learns, how many then people do you need to be seeing your LinkedIn profile if we're talking about LinkedIn? So right now, if you take a look at your LinkedIn profile, you might notice that 80 people saw your profile in the past 90 days. 80 people saw your profile. Out of those 80 people, how many of them are even going to contact you? Zero. None of them. That's not enough. What you need to do is you maybe need to get 80 people a day to look at your profile or 80 people a week to get to your profile. Not 80 people over 90 days. That means less than one person a day is looking at your profile. That means you're never updating. So what I tell people is think about 
your budget of how much time you're willing to invest in your marketing. So if you have a budget of, let's say, 15 minutes a day, you should be doing three things. You should be posting. That's number one. Every single day you should be posting something so you stay top of mind. Number two is you should be engaging, engaging with your target market. And we'll talk about target market next. And number three, you should be messaging people. You know that every single day somebody on your LinkedIn has a birthday? And if you don't say happy birthday, you're an idiot because it's one click. It's literally you click on notifications, you click on birthdays, and you click on happy birthday. And that's it. And by the way, when you're clicking on happy birthday on somebody that has 43 connections, you just made their day because their mother didn't even wish them a happy birthday and their IT guy did. So think about that. They're depressed. They're sitting in their bedroom drinking a beer wanting to kill themselves and they get a happy birthday from Paco or from Matthew. They're like, fucking A, Paco. I got to hire this guy. I got to bring him into my house. I need some therapy, right? You need some therapy from Matthew or from Paco. That's what we are. IT guys are therapists because... You know, ultimately, if somebody wasn't so stressed out, they would know how to click on the power button. But they don't know how to click on the power button, so they call the IT guys. And we click on the power button, and we talk about their children or God knows whatever. And we help them out with whatever they're troubleshooting in their emotional life. And that's ultimately what we are. We're really great troubleshooters. We know how to Google it. We know how to fix it. We know how to troubleshoot it. So that's what we're about. So the question is, how many people do you need to be seeing you in order for you to get your result? And sometimes it means you need to post an article a month. You don't have to go crazy and post three posts a day or whatever. What you want to do is consistency. See, my goal is to get 1,000 people to see me a week. 1,000 people to look at my profile every single week. It's not a terrible goal, but it's a big goal because the average person has 100 people every 90 days looking at their profile if they're active. So how do you get, how do you hack LinkedIn to make sure that a thousand CEOs are looking at my profile every week? And the answer is those three things. Number one is posting. Number two is engaging. Number three is messaging. So, but just posting and just posting is not going to help you if you're just posting crap. So that's why once you have your goal, you got to get into step two, which is your target market. And Matthew has this down pat with his podcast because who is he targeting? Matthew, who are you targeting? IT business owners. You see, you're super specific. Now, you might say, well, there's only 10,000 IT business owners in my local area. Why should I target IT business owners? I should target their 30 million business in the United States. But you understand the importance of a target market. Once you pick your ideal target market, that's when you have a blue ocean because otherwise it's just a red ocean. Just, the fish are just getting killed and slaughtered by the sharks and there's blood everywhere. But once you find your niche and your sub-market within your niche, then suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, nobody else is doing this and you have a powerful way. So who's your target market? Who's your most ideal client? If you're an IT services business, are you targeting healthcare? Are you targeting Amazon sellers? Are you targeting advertising companies? Are, what are, you, are you targeting CPAs, law firms? Who are you targeting? Be very specific in your geographic area. The more specific you are, the more likely you are when you're at a networking event or when you're in LinkedIn that you'll be able to reach out to those people and connect with them because otherwise you're kind of just like, I want to connect with everyone, any business that doesn't help you. You got to be specific. The law of attraction says you got to be specific. So set a specific goal, a business goal. Set a specific marketing goal that connects with that business goal and then set a specific target market. And how, how about this? How about a target referral partner too? So you got to set both a target, a target client and a target referral partner that w deals with those ideal clients. So if you're targeting CPAs, who else deals with CPAs that you can become friends with that will get you into more CPAs and so on? Once right. you have your target market super clear, then you move on to your messaging. 
A lot of people make the mistake that they get into their messaging before their target market, but you can't even know what to say unless you know who you're saying it to because there are certain people that love shopping at Ikea. They love traveling to the end of the world, buying a bunch of crappy furniture they got to schlep from the warehouse themselves all the way to the checkout and then to their car, which is parked seven miles away. Then by the time they get home and they build it, they got to build it outside because it'll be broken by the time they finish building it. So they might as well have the garbage people just take it. And that's the idea, right? That's Ikea. But, the, and, and, but they're the lowest cost provider and it's a nice family entertainment, right? For a week. But when it comes to the highest grade furniture that'll last you a lifetime, you might be paying a fortune for it, right? In your furniture store, they come, they give you a crisp bottle of water, they treat you really well and they put a hole in your pocket. And that's what they do. And so it's a different audience. So your audience has a different message. Depending on who you're targeting, you have a whole different message. Are you targeting bottom of the barrel, least low, lowest cost provider? Or you're targeting the highest type of client. That's your psychographic for your clients. You got to think, how are they thinking? Who is my client? Who am I most resonating with based on my experience, based on who I am, based on the value that I deliver, based on my strengths, based on like who you are is who you're going to target. People want to do business with other people that they know, they like, and they trust. And so you have to figure that part out, get your messaging right to your target audience that will help you with your goal. And essentially those three things, that's what sets your strategy. That's just step number one. So when you when you say um, target uh, uh, a certain industry or a certain market, does that mean just writing content that uh, that relates to them, or is that also going out and, and seeking those people and, and trying to find them where where they hang out? A combination of both things. So you see okay. what the the polling means. You're writing content to attract those people, and we're going to get into the second stage of success on LinkedIn of polling, which is assets creating the right assets. I'm going to talk about the three different types of assets that you could be creating, what Paco spoke to this about before, but there are three different types of assets that you can be creating on LinkedIn that are very, very different and very, very powerful, and each of them have a different purpose. But before you get into even assets or you get into the technicalities of what you're supposed to be creating, you got to think about number one is your goal, number two is who you're doing it for, and number three is what is the message that's going to resonate most with them. Think about it this way. What are the problems that are unique to that demographic? What are the problems that are unique to those companies? What are the problems that they are facing right now? What are their fears? What are they afraid of? What are their goals? What are their needs? What are their dreams? What are the things that they truly, truly want? Now, a lawyer is going to want something very different than, a, than, a, than an ad guy, right? An advertising guy is going to have a completely different need, a different desire, a different fear, than a lawyer or than a CPA, and a CPA is going to have a very different fear than a manufacturing company. If you're an IT guy that services manufacturing companies or restaurants, I have a friend of mine who just does IT for restaurants. He, has, he literally has a $10 million business, and all he does all day and all night is he services restaurants. He sells them POS systems. He sells them touchscreen computers. He helps them with everything, literally everything when it comes to their technology he supports restaurants. So if you want a restaurant, if you have a restaurant and you need IT services, you go to him because he knows everything about what the restaurant needs, everything from their sound systems to their POS systems to everything else in between. A regular IT guy that services law firms, he doesn't know the first thing about this. Now, now if you're an IT guy that services hospitals and doctor's offices, guess what you're going to be an expert in? HIPAA compliance. Oh, that's a bad word around here. You can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? You know, the yeah. different target audience will need different things. So because if you're an IT company that literally just needs like 40 clients or 50 or 100 clients to get to your revenue goal, then 
Pick your target because there are millions of companies out there. You don't need millions and you don't want to be sporadic and just be targeting all random types of companies. You want to be picking the right company so you can get the right message and ultimately you'll be worth so much more. So to expand a little bit about what you said, there's a couple points. One, um, it's exactly what uh, Matt and Lisa talked about on their computer business breakthrough platform where picking a niche, picking an industry, being able to understand not only an industry, but I love that you said the psychology of your clients. And that's a topic that never really is talked about a lot where everyone believes that they have to build their avatar, their um, ideal client on an industry and on a services aspect, but they never consider the psychology of that uh, client as well, which is such a big piece. And like for me, when I was trying to figure out what's going to be my ideal um, client, because I was still holding on to, I don't want to let go. I don't want to just specifically pick an industry and leave all these other industries out where I can probably make an uh, impact. And that helped me understand focusing on that type of psychology of an individual led me to that particular industry slash client. Um, But going on to what you said is, you know, how do you even figure out what these, you pick an industry, you pick a target client. Um, how do you even figure out what they're talking about? What's their pain points? Some of us don't have the luxury that we don't have clients that we can talk to them about, similar to what Mike Michalowicz talked about in the pumpkin plan, where he said, take your client out for dinner, take your client out for lunch, a coffee, and ask them two things. How are we doing as a business, uh, as the IT business? And two, how is our industry? What would you uh, change or what would you say could be improved on our industry so that they can give you the candid feedback of how they can assist them on their day to day. Going wrapping it back around to LinkedIn is exactly like you said, the engagement part, being able to see the comments of particular, let's say law firms or um, the legal industry, being able to see, connect with some of those lawyers, see where they're commenting, see what the pain points are, them talking about how a vendor is really giving them a pain point, things like that really help build your skill set slash build a way of understanding, hey, if this guy is going through this and there's a lot of comments saying it, it's probably something you want to take a look at to build on as marketing or a content piece to adhere or to advertise to that particular segment. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Look, ultimately at the end of the day, it's about doing surveys analyzing your clients, asking questions. You know, I, we've had over 500 people take our LinkedIn webinar and every time they sign up to the webinar, we say, what's the number one thing you want to learn about LinkedIn? And then so we start learning. What are the things that everyone wants to learn about LinkedIn? Then we learn the three most important things and that's our marketing strategy, right? We're out there solving those three major problems. So lawyers have a three major problems when it comes to IT. Healthcare institutions have three major problems chiropractors have three major problems. Figure out what those top problems are and go solve them and you're going to get your 40 coins. Beautiful. Now, um, we're, we're already getting close to running out of time here and I know you got a lot of uh, other great stuff, but you did mention the, uh, the, the assets and I wanted to kind of dig into that, what yeah. those assets are that you need uh, on LinkedIn. So there are three types of assets on LinkedIn. And by the way, I have a, if you go to my profile on LinkedIn, I have a webinar you guys can take so you, can, you guys can learn more about all this stuff. But Perfect. there are three major types of assets. There's posts, there's articles, and there's media. 
What are posts? Posts are 1300 character posts that you can post on LinkedIn. And that's kind of like the lifeblood of the community. When you go to your feed on LinkedIn and you see people posted a post, you can add an image to a post. You can add a video to a post. Video is pretty new. It's about a year old. You can put links in a post. You can mention people's names in a post. There's a lot of really fancy things you can do with a post. And posts really get a lot of exposure. And LinkedIn wants people to put posts. And I recommend you know, there are six different types of posts. Most people just put informational posts. If I look at most people's posts, they're just kind of just sharing information. But what about telling stories? What about inspiring people and putting quotes up? What about engaging people and asking questions? There's a lot of different ways that you can drive people to actually like, comment, and share on your posts. If you take a look at my posts, I posted probably in the past month, probably 200 posts, right? And I get a tremendous amount of engagement from people liking, sharing, commenting. And I just had a CEO I was talking to and he's like, Joe, I literally see your post three times a day because every single day I post a video. Every single day I post a selfie. I want to do a thousand selfies with a thousand LinkedIn connections. Bam. And so... <laughs> it's so exciting. Your, your camera fell over. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine. Um, so, you know, my goal is to be able to stay top of mind with my network. So Yep. Posts are very valuable. Now, the difference between posts and articles is that articles allow you to have a 40,000 word piece over there. And so when people are spending seven seconds reading a post, but an article, people will spend five to 10 minutes reading an article. So although you maybe you want a thousand people to see your post, you can have 10, 15, 20, 30 people read your article. And that adds just as much value because those people are, it's like a meeting with them, right? It's like having a meeting, a 15 minute meeting with somebody it's really going deep with you. I actually have a whole article on my LinkedIn that I posted this week about the difference between being strategic on LinkedIn, on, on the, the strategic difference between articles and posts and the tactical difference between articles and posts. So if you go there, you read that. But, you know, articles actually rank on Google for SEO purposes. They rank on Google. Posts don't rank anywhere. It's only within the LinkedIn algorithm. If you search for content, you can see that, but nobody really does that because nobody knows you could do that. You know, articles are very powerful because you can embed YouTube videos and embed images and they get shared 10 times more than posts get shared. It's much easier to share an article than it is to share a post. And you can actually see who shared it and how many shares you have. You can't see that on posts. The analytics and articles are much better. So you want to be able to also have articles. I would say at least once a month, you should be producing an article. And that article should be an evergreen article that can last forever, something valuable that you can be sharing with your clients over and over. So when a client asks you, what's the difference between a Mac and a PC? Oh, I wrote an article on LinkedIn about that. Let me share that article with you. Or if somebody tells you, how do I know, like, what's it, what is USB-C? Or like, how do I know if I should get cable or if I should get Fios? Or, you know, people will ask you questions based on your demographic and who you're targeting. They're going to have various, what is HIPAA compliance or, you know, one of those why is HIPAA compliance a dirty word or whatever you want to say? Quick question about that. Um, say I have a great uh, idea for uh, a post. Should I post that on LinkedIn only? Should I post that on my website, blog and LinkedIn? Or is there kind of a strategy around that? I think I love cross promoting. I love posting stuff on LinkedIn, posting it on my website and just mentioning each mentioning them to each other so that you send people from your website to your LinkedIn and from LinkedIn to your website. So I love doing that. I love cross-promoting from both sides. I love sending from people from my email to my LinkedIn, from, e from LinkedIn to sign up to my email, from YouTube to Facebook, from Facebook to my website. From I like cross-promoting the whole thing. So when I connect with somebody on Twitter, I'll say, dude, check out my, link, my Facebook group, and then I'll send them a LinkedIn request. And I, I want to try to get as many connection points with each person as because I'm not looking to go viral. 
I say this to people all the time. I don't want to go viral. I want consistency. If you're in B2B, you don't want virility. You want consistency, which means I would rather 1,000 people see me 1,000 times than 1 million people see me once. It's the same million people, but I'm not trying to get lucky, my friends. I want 40, 50, 100 clients to pay me every single month on time. And I want the right clients to pay me over and over and over and over. And I don't want to lose clients, but I want to just keep adding them so that I can build consistency and eventually either sell my practice or be able to delegate it to somebody else so that I can go to the Bahamas and enjoy my life. And that's kind of like where I am right now. You know, I'm able to do these podcasts. I'm able to travel. I'm able to spend time with my family because I have my team running my B2B digital marketing agency. And so the third component of assets is media. Now, most people are afraid of posting photos of themselves. Most people are afraid of posting videos of themselves and most people are afraid of posting audio of themselves. And those are the three major types of audio, major types of of media that I highly recommend people post on LinkedIn. You know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. What is a video worth? Every single day I post a video talking to my target audience, having a conversation with them. That's powerful. It takes five minutes to make a video of an idea. Somebody spoke to me about an idea. I just literally take, whoop out my phone, take a video and then upload it to LinkedIn. And I've been doing it for a couple of years. Now, in the beginning, I was super awkward and it was crappy ass videos, but eventually I got really good at it. You know, they say, whatever you practice, you get good at. Repetition is the master of skill. I'm not talented. I'm not really good at doing podcasts because I just woke up came out of the womb and became good at this. I literally do two, three, four, five podcasts every single week. And the more often that I do these speaking engagements, the better I get. The less I say, um, the less I say, you know, the less I say, basically, it's because I'm doing it over and over and over. And I re- through that repetition, Tony Robbins still does this, the, you know, he's like the literally the most, the, the most successful public speaker in our generation, right? The most successful guru in our generation when it comes to public speaking he has, he's, he's, you know, he fills a stadium with like 20,000 people every time he does a UPW. And, and when he says, who wants to spend $10,000 to buy my backend program, the entire room gets up and they all go spend $10,000 on his program. And I freaked out the first time I saw that, but that's what he does. He's a master. And so if you think about that and you look at his early videos from 40 years ago, not five years ago, not 10 years ago, 40 years ago, he literally says the same thing. Gary Vaynerchuk says the same thing. I saw him speak seven times live. Every time he says the same thing and that's how you get good. When you keep repeating the same thing over and over, you get really, really good. Some people say, Joe, how do you do your LinkedIn rap? Like how, how, you, how are you so smooth? You know, how do you go like, my name is Joe and I'm the LinkedIn pro. Everybody out there, they just want to grow, but they're not posting. They're just coasting. Don't be like them and get your LinkedIn toasting. How do you know? How do you do that, Joe? How, do, how does it come out so smooth? And I say, I just repeat it over and over and over. Anything that you do over and over and over, you get really, really good at. But you got, to, you got to schedule it. You literally have to schedule. And that's why that's the third component of the strategy. Are you testing me? Are you testing me? I think she's testing me. That's the third <laughs> Good question yeah. for you, Joe, since we're uh, running out on time. Is I know you've mentioned you know, all the assets. Where should the assets go? Should they go on your own personal LinkedIn profile? Because I know the articles, you can only do it as your own personal uh, LinkedIn profile. Or do you suggest posting some of this on your business's page and sharing it on your individual posts? I would highly recommend posting it on your personal 
profile because an average human being spend about eight hours a day watching social media. Eight hours a day people spend watching oh. social media. And 96% of the time, they're watching content from other people's profiles, not from brands. I'm talking B2B. B2C is very different. But in the B2B environment, out of the eight hours that the average human being spends on social media, they spend 96% of it watching content from other human beings. Think about it on your own. Are you watching things from people's brands? Or are you watching things from people's profiles? So if you're in the B2B space, you want to be able to work your profile as your brand ambassador. Sure, you could be sharing stuff on your page and all that, but you're not Microsoft. You're just an IT guy. And so just be that real raw IT guy and just you know, connect with your target audience that way. So definitely post it. And the third thing is promotion. Have it, you know, once you have your asset library, create a library of all your assets. And we have a very specific library that we create for our clients called the LinkedIn Authority Blueprint. Um, so you know, the third step is promotion. Have a 13-week content calendar. Have a special promotion plan. And then know your analytics. Know your reporting. And if you do those three steps of strategy, assets, and promotion – you're much more likely to take your business to the next level on LinkedIn. And that's literally, that's just pulling. I want to talk about pushing too, but I don't know that we have time for that. <laughs> yeah, we might, <laughs> we might schedule that for the next, uh, the next interview where it can be pushing, pushing with LinkedIn. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's so, so many gold nuggets there. I mean, Brian in the, in the Facebook chat was like freaking out about, you know, saying, uh, you're killing it and it's tremendous. And, and he actually mentioned that he kind of followed the same, uh, path that you followed, Joe, in, in his career. He started out as an IT guy. He's getting into marketing now, and and he kind of has that same transition uh, that you are. So he's kind of uh, hoping to follow in your footsteps, and he's he's really digging uh, cool. what you're laying. Cool, laying Brian. Down if you're here. watching this, check me out on LinkedIn. And by the way, the pushing thing is called Operation DM, and my goal is to do two million dollars in new business next year using Operation DM. Just this month nice. alone, I did over twenty thousand dollars in new business from Operation DM. So. Go check cool. out my stuff. I'm not talking about those guys that are doing $20 million a month. I'm talking about just like regular, you know, you're not Realistic. going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know th those guys are it just the, they're where they're at is so above where most people are at. People can't relate to it. They're like, I'll never get there. Yeah. And they, and they tune them and, out. And they're so. like, Oh yeah, you got to spend 50 K a month on AdWords. Right. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? 50 K a month. On, yeah. Yeah. Go on Facebook ads, start a funnel. Everyone's trying to shove a funnel down. You don't need a funnel. You know what you need? You need to start posting, engaging, and messaging. That's all you need to do. And to the nice. people that already know you, and that's how you're going to build your business. Nice. I love it. Well, let's, let's end it there then. I think that's a, that's a great uh, place to end it. Um, if people want to learn more about pushing and pulling and follow your, follow your reps and all of that stuff, how, how can people find you? Just go to uh, linkedin.com slash IN slash Joe Apfelbaum or go to ajaxunion.com. I would have been worried if you didn't plug your LinkedIn page. So <laughs> that's yeah, very no, good. definitely check All out right. my LinkedIn page. I got over 15,000 people checking me out every single day. So go there. You know, I, I post multiple times per day. It's a lot of fun. Um, and check out our website. Practice what you preach. All right. Uh, so we'll have those links in the show notes for this episode, Joe. It, it's been a pleasure and we'll definitely have to have you on because there's so much more that, that uh, we can talk to you about. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So, hey, uh, guys, that's going to, uh, uh, that's a wrap for this episode. Um, just really quick, want to give a shout out to our sponsor. That is Tech Site Builder. Uh, if you want to build a website for your computer business and you don't have the time to, uh, you know, mess around with WordPress or fiddle around with HTML, or you don't have the money to hire a full-time developer, or you don't have the time to build it out yourself, 
then TechSite Builder is the place for you for a low monthly fee. We give you the platform to build out your website. Or if uh, you don't want to use our easy tools to build out your website, we'll do it for you with our concierge services. And uh, so we basically have everything you need to get the website up and running, uh, mobile optimized, SEO ready. Um, they're fast uh, and they're secure. So you don't need to worry about any of that stuff. You can just get your website up and running and then worry about your business. Uh, you know, get on LinkedIn, start posting, doing all that good stuff. Uh, and we'll take care of the website for you. Also, uh, check out our new service, Tech Blog Builder. Uh, Tech Blog Builder is the place to go if, uh, just like for Tech Site Builder, you don't have time to build your website. Tech Blog Builder is where you go if you don't have time to write blog posts. Um, so what we'll do is we'll get to know your business and we'll write posts um, kind of like a ghostwriter. You know, we'll write posts as you so that it'll sound like you. It'll be written to your target market. Um, but you don't have to actually do the work of the writing. We'll write it for you. We'll post it to your website for you. And we'll even post it to social media for you. And we'll even create cool little videos that you can associate with those blog posts. We'll do all of that work for you again for a low monthly predictable fee. Um, so check out both of those techsitebuilder.com and techblogbuilder.com. Also, I'd love to see you in the Facebook group. Just search for computer business marketing in Facebook. And uh, we will hang out with you there. That's where you can ask questions or, um, you know, share what you're doing, what's working, what's not working. There's a great supportive group of other IT business owners uh, in that group that can help you out with any uh, marketing questions you might have. And then finally, you know, head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. We want to keep the conversation going, uh, ask questions, leave comments. You could find all the links uh, that we mentioned in this episode, in the comments section and in the show notes uh, below that page. Um, and finally, uh, don't forget to, um, uh, I already said it, but I'll say it again, join us in the Facebook group. Uh, just request access uh, by answering two easy questions. We'll let you in the group. Uh, we can't wait to see you there. And if you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review. We love to hear your feedback and every comment helps so that the podcast can be found by others. And as mentioned by Matt before, definitely leave that uh, review. And if you do before the year is out, screenshot your review, email it to mail at techsitebuilder.com. And we will send you a free e uh, ebook or how to quit your job and start a computer repair business. Again, mail at techsitebuilder.com. Again, just screenshot that review you left for us on those two platforms and we'll get that out to you. And just don't forget to check out our sponsors, techsitebuilder.com and techblogbuilder.com. Thanks, guys, for checking out this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Happy holidays. This is Matthew Rodella. And this is Paco LeBron. Saying here's to your success. Mm -hmm.